Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And today, we're going to be doing our weekly recap. We don't have any recruiting to cover, and it's honestly probably going to be a pretty short episode, because all we have to cover is one men's basketball game, one women's basketball game, and then a bit of big news in regards to the women's basketball team. Yeah, because we, we don't normally cover the weekend's games early, but we just had two very important events this weekend that we just kind of felt like we needed to cover while they were still fresh in people's minds. I mean, the KU game and then Aoka Lee doing Aoka Lee things. Yep. We felt like that was pertinent. But So that, that does leave us with a shorter episode today, but there is still some important stuff to go over. Yeah, because we had to talk about one of the biggest tragedies and since either of us have been here, followed by one of the greatest triumphs since either of right. us have been here. Yeah, the historic ups and downs of the K-State basketball team this year. So, Or as we call it, unlucky could have happened to anybody. <laughs> or lucky could have, couldn't have happened to anybody. True. Because Aokali is a god. True. So. But anyway... No recruiting news, like we just said, so let's just dive right in to men's basketball. And <laughs> one of the most Yikes. predictable outcomes that I think you and I actually may have predicted that, not the score, but the outcome in the preview episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was a loss against the Baylor Bears in Waco, Texas, 74-49 to in a game that was never close. And, in fact, the most notable thing that happens was two very strange technical fouls. Yeah. Um, for once for a dude patting his hair and the other for a dude pointing? No. The, it was, the first one was against Selton. Uh, saying that he was pointing is honestly generous to the officials. Because, like, the highlight that I saw was Selton looked at someone. He didn't even say anything from what you could tell. And then the other one, uh, that, that was Selton Miguel. He he put a... Uh, um, Jonathan Chamo Chachua on a poster. And I am so happy I got that right. <laughs> and then um, Matthew Mayer, a few, like a couple minutes later, maybe, he went down and got a big dunk as well. And he did like the whole like, like pat your head thing, like, like dunk on his head or whatever. And like, but he wasn't looking at anybody in particular. He kind of didn't really dunk on anybody either. So it wasn't even pertinent. Like, it was just a nice dunk. And. Those were both teed up, like, if for, if for once unified to rival fan bases in the yes, idiocy like, of the Big 12 officials. Because, I mean, it was inexplicable. It was stupid. Um, and both of those got teched up, but Bill Self during the KU game didn't. Right, yeah. Bill Self did way more during the KU game to get teed up. And even then, like, you know, most coaches aren't going to get teed up in that situation. But, like, they he did a lot more than either Selton or Matthew Mayer of Baylor yeah. did to deserve that. And, you know, I, I feel bad for, for Selton and Mayer of Baylor because, like, I mean, if you can't, like, pat your head or jog down the floor, what can you do after? You have down? to teleport. Yeah, you have to teleport, then you have to let the other team score. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not to, like, get all old head and stuff, but, like, it, it was pretty silly. Old. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was pretty rough to watch. I, I, I thought it was silly. I thought it was overkill. I get they're, like, trying to get excessive stuff out of the game, but that was 
the definition of not excessive. Yeah. And also, you know what? Let people celebrate. Let people yeah. celebrate. It, I, I think that's a simple answer to it. Let people celebrate. Yeah, that's the most simple answer. It's also the answer that happens to make the most sense. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> let athletes be in their zone. Yeah, let, let athletes, like enjoy their success they don't have to be stoic on the court they they should be able to enjoy the things they do that goes for k-state and for baylor matthew mayer should be able to do a light celebration if he wants which like he should probably be able to do a little bit more than that but like on the line at fireworks cannons but like yeah this like yeah what's up with that what is this even (laughs) i don't for for those listening to audio we are patting our heads (laughs) i didn't think about that I did not think about it until like the third time I did it. I, I was might, like, I, I was, be. I was like, when I say this, people are listening. I have no idea what I'm talking. About. I might be stupid. You know what? We're all stupid, deep down. Sometimes it's even surface level, like me. But yeah, the cats they did blow this game. I say blow as if they ever had a chance. Had a chance, but, yeah, no. But but no, they they got destroyed in this game. However, silver lining, this game was almost half as close as it was last year because last year we lost by 48 in Waco and this year we only lost by 25. 25. So next year, next year we're probably going to lose by by 12, 12, 13. The next year, six. Then all of a sudden (laughs) we're logarithmic. Is this logarithmic? So we're never going to win. I'm a political science major. I don't know what that means. It means that it will never reach 100 nor zero. Correct. So no, we will never win. We will never win, but it will get more respectable every year. We will eventually lose by like zero point zero 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 one, and Bruce will be like, "Man, we really tried." And I'll be like, "You know, honestly, yeah, you, you did. I don't know what else to tell I don't you." Know. <laughs> Shame. Yeah, it could happen. Could happen to anybody. Could happen to anybody, honestly. But I mean, you got stats. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into stats here. There's not a ton to write home about. Nigel, coming off of his 35-point performance, he had 13 on 4-12 from the field, 2-5 from 3, 3-4 on the free-throw line, 2 rebounds and assists, and turnovers and a steal. Marquise had 11 points, 4 assists to 3 turnovers to the steal and a rebound, 5-11 from the field, 1-4 from 3, missed 2 free-throw attempts. Other than that, nobody else touched double figures. No one really got close. Uh, Mark Smith had 6 points on 2-11 of 11 from the field as Cold Street continues. He had 6 rebounds. Uh, one turnover, no assists, nothing else. Ishmael he made a three on the for the first basket of the game and never scored again. And he went one of seven from the field, one of five from three, one rebound, one turnover, one foul. Did not do a whole lot offensively. Selton two points. He he made an impact with those two points. He not only <laughs> he got teed up he for got, his two he, points, yeah, he posterized someone on Baylor, totally embarrassed them, and then he also got a technical foul. He had four rebounds. No assists, no turnovers. He had a steal. Uneventful day. Mike McGurl, he had six points, three of nine from the field, 0 4 from three, three rebounds, two assists, one turnover, and three steals. Kind of stuffed the stat sheet here, honestly, but really inefficient offensively. In 27 minutes, you got to do more than that as a senior. Uh, Casey, he somehow managed to put in 19 minutes. Good for him. He had four points, four rebounds, one foul, one turnover. No longer good for him. Uh, one of two from the field, two of four from the free throw line. So he improved that free throw stat line from the KU game where he went one of six, but still 50%. You got to do better. But 19 minutes from Casey. Based on what we've seen recently, it's better. Yeah, he may end up being the main big. 
Yeah, uh, the way Davion has been playing, I think you have to say that. I mean, Davion got six minutes. One of that, or we'll just keep playing small ball. I guess honestly, might as well just play small ball. Just like throw Ish in there. Like Davion, he had six uh, six minutes, only six minutes, which is just crazy. He had two points, one of one from the field, with a rebound, two fouls, four turnovers, and no assists, no blocks, no steals. Really rough stat line from Davion, who. He has really struggled recently. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's it's been really rough watching him regress the way that he has because we've seen the talent that he had last year. Last year, he averaged somewhere in the 8.5 and 5.5 points rebounds range for Big 12 play, and we have just not seen that this year. He is completely gone. Yeah, he's gone away from that. And Lucas Supke, he played 14 minutes had two points, one rebound, one foul, one assist, one turnover, one or two from the field, and his one rebound was offensive. So did a little bit of everything in 14 minutes. Kind of a Luke Suki sat line there, you know, like mainly there to play defense, take open shots, um, distribute when needed, take care of the ball. I'm He didn't do a ton of stuff. Carlson Lingard, he did not take a shot. He had more minutes in Davion by one. He had seven minutes. Did not take a shot. He had one rebound and two fouls. And that was it for Carlton Lingard, statistically. Then Drew Honus and Jordan Brooks, the walk-ons, got in at the tail end of the game. Uh, they list them as having zero-plus minutes. Okay. and Zero-plus what? <laughs> I don't know. Like 10 seconds? I guess. Um, but that brings the statistics, like the individual ones, to a close. Uh 31% from the field, 21% from three, 46% of the free throw line. Yikes. One of five from the free throw line in the second half. I mean, that's just really tough. Like, that's horrible to look at. I mean, and even then, if we if you shoot 100% from the free throw line, it doesn't change it that much. I mean, that puts us at 56. So we lose by 18. Like, I mean, when you shoot 31.7% from the field, 21.7% from three, and shoot 46% from the free throw line, you're going to lose almost every single game that you play. And so. there's there's no way around it. When Once again, we have another game where Nigel Pack and Marquise Noel are the only semblance of offense on the entire floor for K-State. Uh, Noel, the only player with more than two assists. Um, Marquise and Nigel, the only players in double figures. I mean, this team is just completely offensively inept. I mean, they scored 49 points in a regulation basketball game. Granted, it is Baylor. Baylor has just been incredible the last few years. Didn't we nearly drop that in the first half against KU? Uh, we did. We scored 50 in the first half against KU. And we didn't even score that in the full game against Baylor. Granted, Baylor is probably the best defensive team in the Big 12, whereas KU is statistically the worst defensive team in the Big 12. But it should not be this no, big no, of a not, No, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not it's that It's not that bad. <laughs> Like it's not that bad. Baylor's side of the coin, they shot fifty seven percent from the field, uh thirty three point three percent from three, made sixty four percent from the free throw line. They had one, two, three, four players in double figures, that being LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, Kendall Brown, and Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. I mean, very little dude. I mean, when you have a guy named Flo Thamba on your team, you're kinda screwed. Honestly. Yeah, what what, what can you do? Uh, uh, Jonathan Chamachachua, he had a double-double. He had 12 rebounds as well. As did Kendall Brown, he had 11 rebounds. Um, and this is all without one of their better players, James Akinjo, who's leading the Big 12 in assists per game, just ahead of Marquise Noel. So, 
I mean, as we know, this is a great Baylor team. They won the national championship last year. They may not be as absolutely absurdly dominant as they were last year, but this is still, I would say, the favorite to win the conference because they are just a sensational. They are a sensational basketball team, and Scott Drew is a sensational coach. Pains me to say because I hate Baylor and everything that institution stands for, but there's an excellent basketball team. There's no way around it. Regardless, keep it within twenty. Score more than fifty. Like, come on. Like, after Please. the game. After the game, Nigel, he was interviewed. He talked about uh, it being an emotional letdown uh, or how like they were completely drained uh, after the KU game. And it's, well, A, that's probably true. B, don't say that. And yeah, I was like, maybe that's like the yeah. last thing you say. Yeah, like I, I do think that's probably the truth, but I also think that's just something that you shouldn't say in the interview room. I'm not going to harp on him too much for it because like, it's like he yeah he probably just wasn't yeah and like, why would you yeah despite him not a liar yeah it, it, it's not a lie like I, just, I i think he's telling the truth like, like can you blame him no i don't i don't blame like, him like you can't blame him for feeling that but i guess yeah i guess he could kind of liken it to to climbing earlier in the year calling yeah. for positivity it's like you can't blame him for what yeah. he's saying but it's just like yeah why it's like yeah it? yeah he's not necessarily wrong but it's just not sort of thing that you should say it's not as bad as what Kleiman no. said I don't think because I mean like I think that's very relatable like I think that's something that happens in basketball a lot anyways like lose a heartbreaker and then the next game after like you're either depending on the game you're either just going to come out angry or you're just going to be really flat and I'll let you take a guess which one yeah, happened yeah that's uh, that's a tough one but the cats they drew they drop a really tough one in Waco um with some sketchy officials that have a quick whistle on technical fouls. Um, rebounding stats. Uh, I was just Fastest curious about in the West. I was just curious about this rebounding. Cats did lose the rebounding battle. There was it was closer, but I mean that doesn't say much after last week. Uh, Baylor had thirty nine total rebounds. K State had twenty eight. Although K State actually did have the advantage in offensive rebounds, they had sixteen compared to eleven for Baylor. Which is really weird that 16 of our 28 rebounds were offensive. I think a lot of that has to do with, A, we suck at defensive rebounding, and B, Baylor shot 57% from the field. So there weren't a lot of opportunities to rebound the ball. So there's that. Um, that and our bigs just haven't rebounded well this year, period. Like, like combined, I'm just going to go through here, tally this up really quick. Casey had two defensive rebounds, Carlton had one. Ish had zero, Davion had zero. That's it. All of our defensive rebounds were guards, with the exception of Casey getting two, which is sad. Pain. <sighs> yeah. Pain. <laughs> this is the sort of team where I think we're going to look back on them and say, if this was a team with a functional Coach. average, average, I was going to say post player. An average post player. I mean, yes, but yeah, I, like, like you're not wrong. You're there, there's a lot of things you could plug into that sentence, but um, plug in X. Uh, <laughs> X. Um, I, I think you, you have this team an average post player, and instead of being ten and nine right now, they're probably they're probably thirteen wins. I would say, which like I think that's modest. I mean, that's thirteen six. I think they beat Marquette. I think they beat. OU, I think they beat KU. Yeah. With that. 
Maybe even give TCU. Us, give us our players back and we beat Texas at home. Honestly, maybe we might have. I mean, I'm trying to be fair with that, but, you know, that's just not reality. Like, Carlton Lingardi seeing more minutes right now. He, honestly, necessity. honestly, Davion is staring right in the face getting benched. And it's a miracle it hasn't happened already. And yeah, I, like I hate being this negative. I do too. I, I, I don't, I don't hate the, the way yeah. I talk on the podcast. Like, Oh, I hate Davion Bradford. I don't. Yeah, He's I, a cool dude. I, Davion seems like a great guy. He seems like a great guy. I had a great season last year. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing what he had this year, but he's faced a lot of hardship with pneumonia and injury and you know, just hasn't recovered the way that we hoped. And it sucks because he was going to be a major factor on this team's success. And that that plays the other side of the coin as well. I mean, like it also when he wasn't able to perform the way that we needed, like that plays into the failure. So it's tough to pin it all on a guy because it's more than just a guy. But, you know, not just Avion, but the post players in general. Like That's one of the key reasons that this team has struggled as much as it has with other than coaching. I would say uh, coaching, I think is the chief culprit above everything else right now. The guard play has been fairly solid consistent throughout the entire season. Honestly, I don't have a ton of complaints when you have guys like Nigel Marquise, Mark Smith, uh, Mike could be more consistent. I like to see him make a larger impact uh, with the role that he has. Um, and then Sultan Miguel, his offensive struggles have really been unfortunate because at the beginning of the year, it looked like he was coming out of a shell offensively. He was finally developing the outside shot that we that he just had to add to his game to make him a truly uh, ferocious threat offensively, and he just kind yeah, of shied away. Again. Yeah, he shied away from it, and he's gotten back to like what he has been doing. I mean, he's not shooting a very good percentage this year at all. Um, I'm gonna check his season percentage. Yeah, he's shooting honestly. Well, it's an improvement from last year, but 38.6 percent from the field. It's still not good. It's still bad, yeah. Especially for a guy getting the shots that he gets, which he's driving to the bucket and trying to get layups, uh, floaters, just like short shots. Like he he's playing the short game. He's not taking a lot of mid range jumpers, and he's, he's not making the Marquise yeah, Noel shots. Yeah, he's only taking one point seven three point shots per game. He has not made a three point shot since December twenty first against McNeese State, and he made two. And. The game before that, he made one against Nebraska. But since then, it's been 0 for 1 against OU, 0 for 2 against Texas. Didn't attempt any against West Virginia or TCU, 0 for 2 against Texas Tech, 0 for 1 against Texas, 0 for 4 against KU. Missed another one against Baylor. So the three-point shot has not developed with Selton, at least not this season. Hopefully it has a chance. But, I mean, last year he shot 22.5% from three. This year it's 22.6. I mean, it's effectively the same. Like. That's pretty awful. Uh, that, that's horrific. And he's taking fewer threes this year as well. He took over three a game last year. This year is 1.7. And it's unfortunately just not developing the way that we'd hoped. Uh, he hasn't taken that next step forward as an offensive player. He is rebounding at a better clip. He is not turning the ball over as much. He is a somehow improved defender, which he last year was the best defender on the team. And this year, he's only gotten better. And he, he's an elite on-ball defender, which is always going to be his calling card. But, you know, it really sucks. That and he also got injured in this game. I can't believe I haven't brought that up yet. He hurt his ankle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I... He got injured and he got teed and then injured. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. A, that's a rough game. I'm sorry, Selton. You deserve better, man. He he does. Shame could happen to anybody. Could happen to anybody. But no, no. I'm tired of being depressed about the men's team, so let's be depressed about the women's team. And we have to talk about the who they the men play next. Oh, you're right. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. You have to pull up the schedule. Oh, they're playing Ole Miss on Saturday in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. Oh, right. Uh, you see, we've labeled a lot of games as must wins this season. I don't even think this is a must win. Our season is dead. Like yeah. I. I hate being a doomer, but like, I am pes. Connor can, can can tell you I am pessimistic, but I'm very rarely a genuine doomer. Yeah, this is probably the most doomer I've been about a team since the 2020 football team after like West Virginia. Yeah, this. I I just I can't summon myself to care anymore. <laughs> yeah. which is almost worse than being angry or yeah. disappointed. Yeah, the Baylor game. <laughs> I watched sparingly on my phone, and I that's like the first time I haven't like set time aside to like watch a K State basketball game in a while. I mean, the, I like I am a broken fan uh, when it comes to men's basketball right now. It's bad enough to where we look at each other and we say, "Hey, bat cats are coming up." It's like, "Ooh, bat cats!" Like, there's another sport going on right now. There's another men's sport. Before I forget, uh, bat cats. If you're in Manhattan, they have open scrimmages True. this weekend. They, because I will totally forget this at the end of the episode. They are at 10 a.m. on Saturday and 10 a.m. on Sunday. They are open. They are free. If you want to watch the Batcats before the Batcat season actually starts. We will probably be there. If I am awake, I will be there. <laughs> I will be there. I cannot Again, guarantee. We're not a draw. I cannot guarantee my awakeness. <laughs> Again, we're, we're not a draw. But. Again, if you're come watch Batcats. Yeah, come watch Batcats. If you're if you worried about having someone to go watch with, we'll be there. Yep. And come up to us. We'll I Connor won't bite you. Connor won't bite you. I will not. I trained that out of myself a while ago. I make no promises. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> but next up is the women's catskeball team, which was the big story of this last weekend, specifically Ioka Lee, because Ioka Lee, alongside being the, you know, most dominant force on the team, is almost always the biggest story on the team. And, you know, <laughs> it it's kind of the same way even when we lose. Because we lost to Texas, number nine in the nation, Texas, in Austin, Texas. I think we still have a home game against them this year. Uh, yes, we do. So... Obviously, show up for that one. Show up against what will likely be still ranked K State team, unless we, we do what we did against Iowa State. We lose against the top ten ranked team and get banished down to the fifties, which yes. would be a shame. But the, I hope not. I hope not. The women's basketball team unfortunately fell to the Texas Longhorns, sixty-six to forty-eight. And Connor is here for you with stats. Yeah, despite. The uh, unfortunate ending, K-State, uh, K-State Lee, she still did have a good game. She had 20 points and 11 rebounds, uh, only one turnover. She had two blocks and a steal. And a double-double again. Yeah, another double-double for Aoka Lee. 9 of 20 from the field, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Um, unable to watch this game because the Longhorn Network is the worst creation mankind has ever put forward. Yeah. But based off everything I heard, it sounded like Ayoka Lee was getting hacked pretty basically the entire game and didn't really get the calls. I mean, and the Longhorn Network was, you know, bullying K State because yeah. again, 
I'm pretty sure Robert J. Oppenheimer would regret making the Longhorn Network more than he would regret making the nuclear bomb. I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I think that he would almost certainly think that. Now I am become death maker of the Longhorn Network. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that and Texas plays a very physical brand of basketball, which doesn't travel very well. They normally play really tight games on the road, but at home they generally get some home cooking, and they will pressure you really hard, but they aren't really going to get called for a ton of fouls on that. Which you know, it's just one of those teams, especially when you have a very young lineup, you're going to really struggle to get around pressure like that. So. A lot of turnovers from the Cats. Serena Sundell had 13 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, to 6 turnovers and 4 steals. 3 of 8 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Emily Everett went 7 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist, 2 turnovers and a steal. 2 of 4 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3 point range, and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Jalen Glenn and Briley Glenn had four and two points respectively they each had four fouls uh, they each had three rebounds as well uh, Jalen had one assist no turnovers and a steal Briley had two assists three turnovers two blocks and three steals uh, but they were both inefficient from the field Jalen going two of eight from the field oh of three from three Briley one of six from the field oh of one from three Jada Moore played 10 minutes had one point Simone Goodridge nine minutes had one point uh, Simone Goodridge also had three turnovers a uh, steal, an assist, a rebound, a foul. Jaden Moore, very similar stat line, except one less assist, one fewer turnover. And then Laura Mackey played 20 minutes and not attempt a shot. Uh, one rebound, no assist, one turnover, and a steal. Dollinger, seven minutes, one rebound. And Lauterbach played one minute at the end of the game and missed a shot. So... The story of the day, again, was poor shooting. They only attempted six three-point shots this entire game. They made one, one of them. six. They made one of, yeah, they made one of them. They only had 49 shots for the entire game, and they made 17 for 34.7%. They shot 76.5 from the line, 13 of 17, but they just weren't able to figure out shooting, honestly, especially this first quarter. They only had four points compared to 12 for Texas. It's tough to dig yourself out of a hole like that. And uh, they only won one quarter. That was the third quarter, 17 to 16. And this was just a tough game from start to finish, it seemed like, from following the stats because I don't have the Longhorn Network. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, the Cats drop a tough one on the road to the Longhorns. Um, looking at... And a bench player drop 16. Yeah, they did. At a bench player... Drop 16, go 8 of 9 from the field with 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 turnovers, 3 steals. Alright. Go yeah, off. I guess so. Uh, Texas, they shot 48% from the field, 33% from 3, 53% from the free throw line. So, and then the Cats, ultimately, they had 9 assists to 19 turnovers, whereas Texas was a bit more even. They had 14 assists to 15 turnovers. They only had 13 fouls as a team as well, despite the uh, brand of basketball they play. So, a uh, tough loss for the women's basket cats. And Catsketball. Yeah, I forgot that word halfway through that sentence. <laughs> it's Catsketball. Okay. I mean, we switch, well, we don't switch, but the internet switches between women's Catsketball and the midi cats. 
Yeah, that is true. I don't I, think we've done that. I I have never really subscribed to MIDI cats. I'm I'm a women's basketball kind of guy. I'm a truther. I'm a truther. <laughs> the the women's basketball enjoyer. I am the the Chad. Women's <laughs> cats are all enjoyer. <laughs> but yeah, tough loss for uh, Jeff MIDI and the Wildcats. Um, not a whole lot to say about it, just because I couldn't watch it and. <laughs> I I hate playing Texas on the road. Same. Uh, the only thing I can say is uh, K-State Man, who's an excellent Twitter account, also a boneless wings enjoyer, mm-hmm. which is also, you know, another Chad yeah. in, in the <laughs> world. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> what a man. I remember seeing on Twitter, because obviously I follow him on Twitter, and uh, he was just complaining about the referees and also the Longhorn Network the entire night. If you ever want to, if you ever want a good laugh, follow K State man and just watch his Twitter feed during basketball yeah. games. It is hilarious. Yeah, he. I, I know that he, along with others, were talking about how annoyed they were with the Longhorn Network announcers because they were talking about how they locked up Aoka Lee and how she wasn't a factor. Yet she was the high scorer in the entire game with twenty points. As well, and they might be stupid. Yeah, as well as the high rebounder with eleven rebounds. So I don't know. I guess holding Ayoka Lee to only twenty points when she averages twenty five, I guess that's a victory. I would actually consider that a victory. Yeah, I guess because can Yoki just dropped sixty one. Yeah, I wouldn't call that holding her to a non factor, but you can consider it a small victory if you want. You know, if the actual dub isn't enough for you, I guess. <laughs> but moral victories when you get the dub sick <laughs> go for it texas go for it. everyone else everywhere on earth bullies you so i guess take whatever you want we're yeah. gonna keep bullying you yeah but that's i don't have anything else to add to this just because we i i just don't have much context for what actually happened during this game other than just kind of following the stat track and seeing the game just kind of slip out of our hands yeah we scored four points in the first quarter yeah that says a lot so a 2 of 13 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3 in that first quarter. Like, I, based on the stat line, I think a lot of what happened this game was trying to get the ball to Yoki and not happening. Which, I, you'll have games that that happens. That's what happened against Tech. Yeah, especially if we're going to go cold from 3. I mean, Emily Ebert made the only 3-point shot for us. Like, we need the Glenn Twins and Sundell and Dollinger to be able to consistently hit threes for this team to succeed. So, yeah, going one for six from three from... No, one to six from three, that's not going to be sustainable, especially when it comes time for the NCAA tournament and down the stretch in Big 12 play. Yeah, so... But, speaking of down the stretch in Big 12 play, the women's basketball team plays in Manhattan, Kansas at Bramlage Coliseum against the TCU Horned Frogs at 6.30 this Saturday. Uh, it is Junior Wildcats Club Day. Cool. So if, if you have some Junior Wildcats, it's their day. It's their day. I'm not one. I was when I was younger. I wasn't. I was you were a Mizzou fan. True. Did, I was, did they have, like, Junior Tigers? I didn't live in Columbia. Oh, tough. Uh, I was a part of the Blue Crew, which was the Royals thing that they had. Yeah. Then Pitt State had the bleacher creatures, right? True. Uh, yeah. That was... I moved here when I was like 12, 
So oh, that was past your time. Yeah, it was a little bit past my time. I did that like one time, I think. <laughs> but personal lives, personal but, lives. But yeah. But just because we've gone over the games does not mean that we are done with the news for the women's basketball team. Oh no 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 no. We have quite the big bit of news to go over because as it stands right now. Yeah, I know the website is not necessarily intuitive sometimes when you want to click off of something. Yeah. But as it stands right now, your Kansas State women's basketball team checks in at number 16 in the women's top. Uh, she, they're a top 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. I don't know why I'm getting like 87 notifications, but I guess I am getting them. But yeah. Number 16 in the NCAA tournament reveal. And that would place us... I'm seeing conflicting sources on it. Because some people are saying that it's going to be the Greensboro back bracket. But Nathan and Sarah hmm. is saying that it would be the Wichita bracket. Which would basically means we host it. I would prefer... I'd prefer the latter. <laughs> it makes a ton I'd of go. geographic sense. I would absolutely go. If we won our first two games in Bramlage when we host, I would 100% go to Wichita to watch some women's basketball in the postseason. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. I think mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. So, yeah, they come in at number 16 as one of those top 16 seeds. That puts them at a four uh, for the actual tournament. I'm not sure who were included in like in terms of pods i'm not exactly sure how that works but i i, I mean i think they earned that um, i'm sure they're gonna drop out now off because this I, i'm assuming was <laughs> ratio plus you fell off yeah like because i'm assuming this was determined prior to uh, uh the loss against texas but made me sick if we were still 16 even after losing yeah yeah i know that we're gonna drop in the ap poll from like from twenty five to like a hundredth or something like that. Worst team in the yeah, nation. Yeah, because we, we lost a top ten road game. So I mean, we're pretty bad, honestly. <laughs> honestly, I I don't know why we talk about. Them. Yeah, shouldn't. <laughs> Shame. Shame. But we're 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 a bat cats podcast now. This is a bat cats podcast. It's it's bat cat season. <laughs> it's but all about the bat cats, baby. We love the bat cats. Let's go bat cats. Let's go bat cats. But the women, yeah, they're they're a top sixteen seed, and that's pretty great. Because I don't think the men have ever been in that uh, category, uh, at least as far as I know. At least not since they started doing this like midseason release, like weekly, of like who the top seeds are. Because um, that's a pretty recent thing, and uh, yeah, the women getting to do that—that's especially relevant just because of the uh, factor of uh, getting to host the first two rounds mm-hmm. of the tournament. And when that's the case, you get such a massive advantage. And it's great because you get a few more games to host at home and the fan base gets to come out and then you don't have to travel. Yeah. Is one of the big things from that. And so hopefully way, it holds. And the way that the fan base has actually been showing out for some of the most recent women basketball game, that's really encouraging. Yeah. That makes me really happy because if there is one team, we, we're not going to spend like 20 minutes on this because we've done it before. But if there's one team... That deserves basically all of K-State right behind it. It's the women's basketball team. Yeah, I would say that. Especially right now. They've absolutely earned it. I mean, almost all of their losses this year have been teams ranked in this top 16 seeding. And they've also defeated uh, teams that are in that top 16. Because, I mean, they've lost to South Carolina, NC State, Iowa State, Texas. 
Texas Tech is the lone exception to that, and uh, that's all five of their losses. And then they have a win over OU, who I believe is in this top 16. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that speaks for itself. They, they didn't beat OU. They boat raced yeah, they OU. absolutely destroyed OU. So, I, I would like... I don't see a list. Um, here it is. I found and, it. Uh, they also beat Oregon, who is in the top 16. So, that's two. And Baylor. I forgot about Baylor. So, that's three wins over... Uh, top 16 seeds right now. And Texas is 7, so we wouldn't slide down that far. Yeah, South Carolina 1, NC State 3, Texas 7, and then Iowa State 10. That's all top 10 teams. And then we have wins over, what is that, 14, and then 13. My mind is blanked. 14, 13, and then Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, they dropped out. Yeah, so. But, yeah. It's it's pretty great stuff that the women's basketball are doing right now, and if you have time, you should go support them because and the tickets are not prohibitively expensive. So they, they had a promo. I'm pretty sure it's over now where you yeah. could get tickets for a dollar. Yeah, I, I I think I think that's pretty well done now. But you know, it's like regardless, five bucks. regardless of yeah, it's it's like five dollars, like five bucks, like for, and it's worth for it. general admission. Like come out, watch Ayoko Levy really good. You know. It's, it is a worthwhile way of spending a weekend. And watch Serena Sundell quietly get yeah. more minutes than Ioka Lee. Yeah. Just quietly. Yeah, they have a favorable matchup against TCU coming up, so that'll be nice. And they have the revenge game against Texas Tech coming up on February 5th, uh, which will be the following Saturday from now. Then they'll go a little while without a home game. Then they'll have back-to-backs and... Then they'll wrap up their home slate with West Virginia all the way down to March. That's looking out of ways, but you still have five opportunities pending an NCAA tournament host by the Wildcats to watch Aoka Lee this season because she will be back next year. Which like was apparently treated as like a big media, like was treated like a big deal on Twitter. We we knew that. Yeah, we already like knew we, that. I, I was I was surprised that so many people didn't know about that already. Yeah, I because it was I, like wasn't it like confirmed before the season started? It it was it was fairly recent. I thought I I think it was just that a lot of the big J's were covering the team back then, and now they are, and they, like we, they didn't know. We knew so. from the beginning of the seasons, like because we've been saying it on the pod. It was like yeah, yeah, Ioka Lee's coming back. So I'm not sure why there was much of a question of it. Just because like WNBA money isn't like crazy or anything, it's not it's not really even that great. But like what fifty sixty? Yes, yeah, something like that. It's like nothing to sniff at, especially given the. I take the, it. Uh, given the length of the season, it's only like, three months, so that's not bad at all. They play they play most of their time in Europe. Actually, I didn't know that until recently. They spend a lot of time playing in Europe in the off season. That's where they get most of their money. That and then also Oakley and I L. Someone give her some money. <laughs> like, like she can get more money from NIL than the WNBA so plus her degree her degree's in psychology yeah, and her degree. so she, she would actually probably make more money as a psychologist yeah that's probably true it's also very sad but it's also true Ioka Lee psychologist of the year Ioka Lee psychologist of the year <laughs> but yeah the, as the, the computer decides it wants to try and take off like a jet engine it just does that sometimes. Yeah, I was doing that before we got started, and I was very concerned because it just kept going. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. No. 
well. it's only dealing with the, the video, so it's not a big deal. But that pretty well wraps up all that we wanted to say. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alicats. If you want to reach out to the show uh, on Twitter, we are Aggieville Acats. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to email us, we are AggievilleAllyCats at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us on a more personal note, I am a, at ACEdwards00 on Twitter. I'm at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. If you're looking to support the show financially, please go ahead and check out our merch store where you can find such designs as Play Sandstorm Cowards and Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you stay so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.